Yeah, I think regardless, um, no matter what the future holds, we're not going to get into the astronomical numbers. That's just not who we are as an institution. That's not who we are as a department. That's not who we are as a program. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, we continue on. Final hour of the program in the fourth hour of this deal, and that is the voice of Greg Gard, who joined the uh, Kenny and Heilprin program last night on the zone out in Madison, our flagship station, talking about uh, the transfer portal, talking about the NIL and uh, Wisconsin's place in it, or lack thereof, we shall say, and how much is this changing the landscape, not only of uh, college basketball, but of college athletics in general. Uh, joining us now, our good buddy, Mike DeCourcy from the Big Ten Network, and a long time, as far as I, I remember growing up, uh, paying attention to Mike, man, covering college basketball all the way back in Cincinnati. So, Mike, how you been? <laughs> I, I, I guess I've been old, Bill. <laughs> You're dating me. Uh, well, you know what? I kind of date myself, too, because I've been in this state now for 20-something years, and I was reading your stuff years and years ago. We used to have you on on the what we call the big, with the big dog, uh, myself, Tim Lewis, Jeff Picoro back in those days. So we loved having you on then and still do today. Uh, Mike, are we, have we opened the Pandora's box with this money that's being tossed around now to some of these players? Well, I don't know if I'd necessarily put it that way. Uh, I, 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 You know, the whole genie in the bottle and toothpaste and and tube, I, I I like that better because like the genie gives you three wishes and toothpaste keeps your teeth from getting cavities, so it's not necessarily bad for you, but it's not going back in. Uh, those analogies are appropriate. It's the, the the toothpaste is not going back in, so you may not necessarily consider this to be a good thing, um, but the players certainly do. It, it it's more money than not a lot. It's more money than you know a few thousand a year. Uh, obviously there's a market for them in one way or the other. The one way would be legitimately, I think this athlete can help my business move more cars or lumber or whatever it might be. Uh, and the other way is I think this athlete can help, uh, my, my, the, the athletic team that I like my football team, my basketball team, whatever it might be, win more games. And we're seeing, uh, both sides of that in terms of athlete compensation at the college level. And I, I, I can't say that I think that it's a bad thing. There are things about, uh, about the changes that have happened recently in college athletics generally that I have concerns about. The immediate transfer eligibility, I've seen graduation degrees continue to increase over the last 10, 15 years. And I like that. That's part of the part of the uh, ideal. Uh, do, will that still happen when we have athletes transferring uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times? I mean, we had a player, Charlie Moore, uh, from uh, from who played for Miami this year, and I don't know what his circumstance is, but I do know that he played at four different colleges in his career. So I hope he got his degree somewhere along the way. I don't know. I I really honestly don't know, but I hope he did. But I think that the athletes that are transferring uh, and then playing immediately, uh, there's the risk that they won't catch up. It, when, when you transfer, you usually lose credits. It's almost, I, 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 it's well over 70% of athletes, uh, not, a, excuse me, of students who transfer, not just athletes, but students who transfer lose credits in the transfer. And it, that year in residence used to allow you to catch up and maybe get ahead a little. 
Uh, now, will you be able to, and will you leave college with your eligibility spent with a degree or not? So uh, I guess my, cause I've always been, look, coaches can leave at any point in time. They can take more money and they can run away. And, and players have always been kind of stuck because once you commit, You've either had to commit or you had to sit out that year and such. I like the transfer portal. I think it's a good thing. I think it gives guys an opportunity to say, okay, either one, I made a mistake. Two, this isn't for me. Three, maybe I'm just homesick. Or four, my coach just left, and that's the guy that I really wanted to follow. So I I like the transfer portal. The whole thing about paying players, I can see that it's good for players because you can capitalize on your image. And I said earlier today, you're only talking about, for the most part, the one or five percenters, you know, that are really going to make solid money. After that, it, it, it kind of matriculates down. But when you look at the when you look at the money, we always know when you follow the money, it ends up getting dirty. So I guess my next question is, how are they going to be able to monitor this when they weren't able to monitor some investigations before, Mike, or they took forever? How are they now going to open up the floodgates to say, here's the money? Now, how are you going to monitor that? Well, I don't know you need to, for one. Um, I know that the NCAA is telling reporters, uh, CBS, Sports Illustrated, had articles such as this, that they're going to they're going to crack down. Um, that's what the, the, some uh, of the membership wants. They want them to crack down. Okay, crack down, and you're in court again, and you're losing again. Is, is that really what you want? I mean, I, I think the idea might be, if they're smart, uh, maybe if we say we're going to crack down and we do some interviews and such, maybe people will cool it a little bit. But in the end, it's you're not stopping it because you've been told that what they've been told, uh, the, the Alston decision that came last summer was about athletic academic aid. Uh, so, or, so like I get a full scholarship, room, board, books, tuition, fees, but I can't get any and, and cost of attendance, but I can't get anything above that. That, that was what the NCAA rule was three years ago, two years ago. Uh, now they can't do that to you. If they want to offer me, okay, we're going to offer you room, board, blah, 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 et cetera, and we're going to offer you uh, graduate uh, school uh, after you finish, we're still going to pay for your graduate school. You can do that now. The, the, the Supreme Court said they can't stop it. But what the Supreme Court also did in their decisions and their opinions was say, yeah, go ahead Try try this stuff again and see what we do to you next time. That's what was in those decisions and in, in the, in the uh, documents that were affiliated with the decision. They're basically mm-hmm. daring the NCAA to come back with nonsense like this, like, oh, we're going to stop NIL or we're going to curb NIL or whatever they're going to, you know, or we're going to curb the collective concept uh, uh, where the people p- get together, pool their money, and then – the athletes do work for the collective and get paid for it. We're going to stop that. Well, go ahead, and then you're in court again, and you're losing more millions, and you're losing more standing. They've got to relax. They lost mm-hmm. this decision. They lost by one taking the Alston decision at the Supreme Court. That was a that was a bad move. And two, ne- not getting in front of name, image, and likeness when they when they had every opportunity as long as 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 far ago as eight years ago when the O'Bannon case was ready to go to court. They've blown every decision. And if they do this one, it's another mistake, and it could be the most costly one ever. 
The uh, And I agree with you. I thought the NCAA was kind of like I explained earlier. I said when you squeeze something in your hand so tight it begins to ooze through your fingers, you're never going to get it back. And I think that's what the NCAA did. Some of the things that they were cracking down on were just kind of ridiculous, and it kind of got to the point where people just said, to hell with it, I'm done. And and I, I want to bring this up, but, you know, you look at a conference like the Big Ten who's about to announce this, you know, billion-dollar deal, and they're going to be able to spread the money out. When you talk about those kind of numbers, you, you kind of lose that third leg of your, your milk stool, if you will, to stand on when you're talking about big money claiming that you don't have any money and have the ability to pay players or do something where the players can at least be allowed to capitalize on their likeness. I That I completely understand. Does this then, can you see anything in the future, Mike, that then derails this into such a negative light that it becomes problematic? Well, I, I mean, I, you mean the, the what's happening now, uh, the the uh, collective concept, uh, the rail. Well, no, just in saying? general, where where some schools maybe can afford to do certain things, where others can't, and and everybody wants to walk up to the line and look over it. But I, I don't know necessarily where all the avenues would be that suddenly this starts to become problematic. I guess. Well, I, you know, I, I think what's 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 odd about this conversation uh, that's around college athletics, especially in the last two weeks, because of the uh, the Wong, uh, this, uh, his threat, uh, Isaiah Wong down at Miami, uh, his threat to, to leave the, the Hurricanes, uh, where he, he was a part of their Elite Eight team, uh, and he, he threatened to leave the Hurricanes if he didn't get a better NIL deal um, because they had signed Nigel Pack to an $800,000, uh, or, or I should say, so I'm, so I'm grammatically and, and, and uh, spiritually correct, Isaiah Wong signed an $800,000 NIL deal and then transferred to Miami. Um, So, excuse excuse me, not Isaiah Wong, uh, but Nigel Pack did that. He Mm -hmm. transferred from Kansas State. Uh, And so then Wong threatened if he didn't get a better deal, he was going to leave. Well, that was not a good look for college sports, and then that calmed down. And then there was also Jordan Addison, a wide receiver at Pitt, uh, who uh, was an All-American last year, and and. And entered the transfer portal, and it was reported that one of the things that he was looking at was a potential two million dollar deal uh, in NIL that would be followed by uh, transferring to USC. So uh, a lot of people are upset about that, but that that that's all you know. That like I said, it's 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 all that's all over the bridge, man. You can't get it back. You can pretend you can, but you can't. It's where it is now, and whether you like it or not, you can look. You can walk away from college sports if you don't like it as a fan or as an as a as an employee. You can do that. I mean, no one's stopping you, but you're not changing it. You can the the the, the idea that they can that they can go back to the Supreme Court and get a better ruling this time not going to happen. The only way this changes, there are two ways. One is a congressional action, and George Klyavkov from the Pac-12 and uh, the commissioner of the SEC, uh, Greg Sankey, were in D.C. yesterday trying to lobby uh, for some cr- congressional action that could put some rules in place so that it couldn't be used as a recruiting inducement, either implied or actual. Uh, that, that's, that's one way. And the other way is to collectively bargain with the athletes. I, I've said that I don't see why that they would do that. Would you rather have control over this or would you rather have to pay them out of your own budget? And that can get really costly. And 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 it would it it would have it would have absolutely 
uh, I shouldn't say devastating, but far-reaching impact throughout each athletic department if athletes became uh, a collective bargaining unit that were basically paid employees. That's something that the the NCAA doesn't want because it does – it it basically turns you into a football, basketball school, whatever uh, other women's sports that that you maintain so that you can uh, have some uh, gender equity – uh, Title IX compliance, and then you throw you you basically have to get out of every other sport. I really believe that because I, I don't think you could afford to pay your football players, basketball players, women's athletes, uh, and then still have a baseball team or a soccer team right. or a swimming team. And if you don't want those things, that's fine. I it's all you know. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watch a lot of uh, college swimming. Um, I don't. Uh, but that's you know that's what you'd be looking at if uh, as a possibility if you had uh, athletes as paid employees. Talking with Mike DeCourcy, uh, the Big Ten Network. You can get a hold of him, ESN Mike, over on Twitter. Uh, real quick before we let you go, Mike, I wanted to ask you. So with the portal, uh, you look at teams. You know, you take the Badgers for example. They lose quite a bit of their their rotation from this past year, a season in which they performed extremely well. They get themselves into the tournament. And then guys are gone. So you tell me, how quickly can a team rebuild now that the portals are open? When you start to, because I, I think Greg Gard said it best last night. He said, you know, unfortunately, because the portals are so popular and good players are coming through the portals, you're almost putting the high school recruiting a little bit to the back burner because you're looking for that guy coming out of the portal that's already got that college experience and understands what he's getting into and understands the life that he's currently searching for on a different campus. So uh, give me your thoughts about how quick a team can turn around uh, you know a team or a team may turn around through a portal well i think you can do it immediately uh, if you get the right players and you look at iowa state as an example they were two and whatever however many games they played in the shortened uh, 2021 season and then they come back and they are uh, you know they're a second weekend team uh, in 2021 22 uh, so you can do it immediately i don't have a lot of sympathy for the high school players for this reason their, predece- their predecessors are the ones who created this this recor- re- recruiting imbalance because mm-hmm. the athlete goes to a, a school now, and if he or she doesn't play immediately at, at whatever position they want uh, and for as many minutes as they think is, is warranted, they're gone. And so why would you invest in, in, in recruiting a high school player so that, that, so that he or she can come onto your campus and need time to develop, but think, no, no, I don't need any time. I'm ready to go now. I mean, that's, that's, that's become so often the case that it's really hard to, to look at that as the best way to invest in a team. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there's great value in learning and building through a system. I mean, you look at Wisconsin as the perfect example of that and how they've continually raised up players who, who've come into their system. But it's, it's a harder thing to do now because – Athletes are so immediacy-driven, and if they're not immediately exactly where they want to be, so many of them. I mean, this is not universal, don't get me wrong, but such a large percentage of them now are unhappy if everything doesn't go their way immediately that I can understand a college saying, yeah, we'll get the best ones, the ones that we know can play pretty quickly, but why would I pick up one or two players that are, you know, 300s? Uh, in a class, if they're going to come to my place and, and going to say, well, I, I'm not happy because I'm not playing. Uh, 
It's just, mm-hmm. it's a hard way to build a program now. I really respect those who can continue to move forward to in that way. Uh, and I sense that somebody like Wisconsin is going to continue in that vein. And, and, you know, I think they have one of the great cultures in college basketball. I know last season, not this past, but the last season got, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, off, off, off track that in, in that season. But that culture has, has created great basketball teams for more than two decades now. Mike, it's always great to talk to you, man. You always kind of clear things up for me when my head starts to spin and swim a little bit. Oh, the over, the overt information that starts to come out. I always appreciate it, buddy. Have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk again soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. Always a pleasure. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News, also the Big Ten Network. And I wonder if Mike's going to be the benefactor of that billion dollars that's coming in covering the Big Ten and Big Ten basketball. I wonder if he's now living in a palatial estate on a mountaintop somewhere. Big Ten getting a billion bucks. This weekend, this weekend, what is bigger? We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a Friday. Loving it. There's an energy to it right now. Enjoying it. And I want to remind you to get out and enjoy it as well. And it doesn't matter where you're going. I think whether it's tonight, tomorrow, over the weekend, throughout the weekend, there's going to be all kinds of great sports and exciting stuff going on in the tubes. Stop out and see our friends Joe and Ellen Hennis, Sloppy Joes. In Hubertus, on Hubertus, which is just uh, east of Holy Hill Road, which is a traditional Wisconsin bar, man. I love this place. Go in there and get a Bloody Mary or a, uh, an Old Fashioned. Oh, they do Old Fashions really good. Um, or smoke on the water out in Okachi Lake, and it's going to warm up. You're going to want to start hitting lake country. So you go to smoke on the water in Okachi Lake, good food. Or you hit our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley. He's under construction, but you got to go see it. It's just fantastic. The, the renovations are going to be spectacular. So uh, we got to go back there next year for our ride. Uh, but right now they're under construction, so uh, you, you get it. But check out uh, Stoley's Hog Alley in Summit, Oconomowoc, Lake Country. Or you want to get an even newer and better location when it comes to uh, one of our newer sponsors, our friends at Boondocks. Brews, barbecue, all that kind of good stuff. County, High Ro- uh, County Highway K, County Road K in Oconomowoc. And uh, going to be doing some riding out there this year, sitting outside on the patio on that deck, that beautiful old-style wooden bar, TVs outside, smoker, all that stuff. Oh, we've got great places. Smoke on the water, Stoley's Hog Alley, Boondocks, all of them, fantastic. Tell them we all said hi. They're, they're, you'll see me there, that's for sure. So what is bigger? What do you want to pay attention to more this week? Ben, what are you looking forward to the most? And I'm going to give you some options here. We obviously, in our area, we have Bucks basketball. I think that's going to reign supreme. You got Bucks and Brewers. You got Admirals hockey. Kentucky Derby. And the F1 race in Miami, which if you've seen the scenic views of that around Hard Rock Stadium, it's unbelievable. The stands that they built. 
and all that they've done to bring F1 into. I thought this would be actually racing right down in South Beach, and it's not. I'm mistaken, and I'm sorry. It is racing around Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, around that area. So they have built stands around the stadium. They've built infields. They put some infrastructure out there, all to get Formula One, the F1 series, to come to Miami. So it's all around the Hard Rock area. I just saw the aerial view of it uh, over on the Four Letter Network just a couple of moments ago. What is, outside of the Bucks and the Brewers, what is the must-see TV this weekend? Well, hopefully they bring more fans there than they do to Hard Rock Stadium itself because the turnout there is <laughs> usually subpar. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a great question. I, I'm playing golf early Saturday morning, so it may just be how far right I can possibly hit the ball. But after that, I, I'm going to watch the Kentucky Derby reluctantly just so I can have the reaction with everyone else. I'm not okay. really a fan of it normally. I, I've never loved it, but I'll watch it. And then it's it's all NBA playoffs this weekend for me. Yeah, I'm I'm completely wrapped up in the playoffs and the Brewers. That I agree, and 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 I'm gonna pay attention to the Admirals as well. I might even I might even if I get the the ability to do it, I might even go see the Admirals game tonight. Uh, but I, I, the Bucks obviously, but I am completely enthralled with watching Formula One racing. I love the Kentucky Derby, and I'm gonna certainly watch it. But uh, I'm just amazed at this facility that they have now built completely around all the all the workings around the uh hard rock stadium it, it just i i'm i'm just stunned by all of this uh, of what they were able to build within that complex now i don't know if anybody paid attention to the happy hour live stream last night hopefully you did hopefully you did the happy hour live stream we discussed this um uh, last night with uh john ebert um the uh, communications director for road america and i asked him i was one of the first questions we talked about i said what do you feel when it comes to four f1 coming to road america and he did allude to the garages and i said well wait a minute they, they don't have permanent garages in miami so well they did spend a little money on infrastructure that they're going to use for other things once formula one leaves they clear them out they'll use them for other stuff but he did allude to the fact that the infrastructure that the upgrades that that Formula One requires would be millions, but the sanctioning fee for F one because uh, the the state of Florida and the city of Miami helped pay the sanctioning fee down there, and the state of Texas and the city helped pay for the sanctioning fee there, and the Las Vegas race is being kicked in by the rumor is by the casinos and all the different entities in that area in Nevada. Whereas you can't go to the people in Wisconsin and say, oh, by the way, you got to front us, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollars to get sanctioning for F1. That just would never fly. That's one of the biggest deterrents from going to some of these other tracks is the money that you need to bring an F1 race there is beyond huge. And then to recoup that money. The tickets, did you know the tickets for the, they built uh, uh, sky things um, like trams like you would find on ski hills. They built trams above the racetrack that fans and commentators will be in during the F1 race. They built this stuff to be able to accommodate fans and different experiences and all that kind of stuff. So long story short is the, the, the cost for a ticket 
in Miami is upwards of 1500 bucks a ticket. In comparison, the, the, the entire season pass for IndyCar, NASCAR, Vintage, all of it, the Superbikes, Moto Week, the whole thing, all the, uh, was it, 10, 15 races that take place at Road America, the entire season pass is 600 bucks. So the, the average Wisconsinite is not spending that amount of money to go put 400,000 people in the stands at Road America to go see F1. As, as cool as it would be if it happened, that's the reason that's not happening. And not anytime soon, anyway. Don't they, and as they said, never say never. But that's, that's one of the things that uh, we discussed last night. So if you haven't seen it already, go to the Facebook fan page or go to the YouTube page and check out the Happy Hour live stream last night talking racing and, and F1 a little bit last night from a Road America, which was cool because, uh, hint, hint, Andretti was racing there last night, the Andretti team. They were doing some practicing with the Indy Light Series and such, which was really cool. Because you never know when you show up to a racetrack who you're going to run into. But sure enough, there's the Andretti team already getting some uh, getting some hot laps in uh, over at Road America, getting uh, prepared for the IndyCar Series when it comes to town. I thought that was pretty cool. So what's bigger this weekend? F1 making its debut, coming into a Miami and racing around the Hard Rock Stadium, or the spectacular spectacle that is the Kentucky Derby? You choose. Or whether I break 100 on Saturday. Well, that would be even more spectacular, let's be honest. Okay, in the grand scheme of things, that would be huge. That'd be just enormous. But uh, the um, the Netflix documentary and this, the series that's been running on F1 uh, has spiked the popularity of F1 racing in the States to epic proportions. It's huge. Uh, when I was asking them, uh, the, the people at Road America yesterday, when I was asking them about, you know, w- what it's like as far as the, the the chiming for F1 in the state of Wisconsin, they do get it, but everybody understands that the money just is, is immense and it's probably not going to be possible, but it is really cool. So, anyway, that being said, uh, they're out on the practice track right now. They're out on the track right now with practice laps, and uh, F1 is now racing around Miami, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I just saw that, and I thought, what's bigger this weekend? Because there's a lot of Kentucky Derby coverage as we get ready for the Derby. And you and I, by the way, Ben, coming up in the next segment, along with uh, other listeners maybe, uh, you and I are picking our horse. Get ready. Stay tuned. We're going to talk horsing. Horsing around it is. Coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a Friday. We're enjoying it. Hopefully, you are as well. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hey, uh, we know that uh, the weather's going to heat up. I've been telling you for a while. And uh, eventually, you know what that's going to mean. That's going to mean that uh, the bugs are going to start being on the move that are, they've been kind of dormant in the homestead. And whether it's box elder, whether it's, uh, you know, what the stink bugs, maybe, God forbid, you got some bed bugs. Or maybe you brought them back from a trip. Or maybe you've got an apartment building, you need that thing cleaned out. Uh, our friends at Milwaukee Bed Bugs, they can do it all everywhere. 
not just downtown Milwaukee, but everywhere. So uh, give them a call, 414-877-5811. The two big things to remember is, one is there's different ways to do it, okay? They they concentrate on the bed bugs and the roaches, on the stink bugs, that kind of thing. It's They're not coming over to get raccoons and bats out of your attic, okay? They're just bug people. That's all they do. They do it discreetly. They don't advertise you got roaches or anything like that. And they're unbelievably preventative. So you don't ever get that stuff in your home, the creepy crawlies that make you go, bleh. So call them, 414-877-5811. The other thing to remember is they do it safely. So if you got pets, cool. Got kids, cool. You're good to go. Get a hold of them. Again, 414-877-5811. 414-877-5811. Or go to MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Tell them you heard it here. MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com or 414-877-5811. There you have it. All right. So the horses... For this weekend's Kentucky Derby, Ben Kenny is on hand. We're going to choose here. I know some people don't have an interest in it. Please pardon me. So it's going to go off uh, uh, 5.57 p.m. Central Time coming up tomorrow. $3 million guaranteed in the purse. One and a quarter miles. The track record is 1 minute and 59 and two-fifths seconds set by Secretariat back in 1973. Here we go. There's mo and I, I butcher these names. Please pardon me. I'm not a horse racing enthusiast by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm not great at these things. So here we go. Mo Denagle. Mo Denagle. Ten to one. Uh, Todd Pletcher's the trainer. Arad Ortiz Jr.'s the jockey. There's Happy Jack, trained by Doug O'Neill, jockey Rafael Benharo. Thirty to one. There's Epicenter. Odds at 7-2 to in the three slot. Joel Rosario is the jockey. Steve Asmussen, Asmussen is the uh, trainer. Summer is tomorrow. Michael Barcelona is the uh, jockey, 30-1. to one. And Bufat Simar is the trainer. That's my pick right the, there. Is that your pick? Summer is tomorrow? I mean, I, I need it's, good vibes this weekend. That'll give it to me. It's kind of our... Our motto in Wisconsin, isn't it? Wait, what the so or, the race starts at six. When does coverage start? Eight AM? Uh probably like three. Two or three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh smile happy. Kenny McPeak is the trainer. Corey Laniri is uh the jockey twenty to one. There's I, I think it's Messier or Messier, one of the two. Uh Tim Yachtin is the uh trainer. Uh, John Velasquez is the uh, jockey, 8-1. to one. And this is a Tim Yachtin uh, horse, trained horse, <clears throat> Bob Baffert. Uh, Yachtin is Baffert's former assistant, and we know Baffert's been banned because of what happened with the drugging last year. So this was Baffert's horse who was given to Yachtin, and Yachtin supposedly doesn't. Yeah, right. Uh, we all know Bob Baffert's got the back door in on this thing, even though he's not allowed to be there. Uh, there's Crown Pride. Christophe uh, Lamari is 20 to 1 odds. Kiyochi Shintani is the uh, trainer in this one. There's Charge It in the eighth slot. Todd Pletcher, the uh, the trainer. Luis Saez, the jockey, 20 to 1. There's Tiz the Bomb. Tiz the Bomb. Kenny McPeak. Kenny McPeak is the uh, trainer. Brian Hernandez Jr. The jockey odds thirty to one. That should be your Zandon. Pick. That should be. Tis the bomb. 
Uh, Zandon by Chad Brown, the trainer. Flavian Pratt, the jockey, odds 3-1 to one on Zandon coming out of the 10th spot. Pioneer of Medina. Todd Pletcher, the uh, trainer. Uh, jockey Joe Bravo, 30-1. to one. Solid racehorse, although I don't think he's going to win that one. Taba or Taba, again, another Tim Yachtine horse. Mike Smith, the jockey, 12 to 1. Simplification, trainer Antonio Sano. Uh, and uh, Jose Ortiz is the jockey at 20 to 1. There's Barber Road at 30 to 1. White Abario at 10 to 1. Cyberknife at 20 to 1. Classic Causeway coming from the 17th, the outside secondary gate at 30 to 1. Tawny Port coming from 18 at 30 to 1. Zozos at 20 to 1 out of the tw- uh, 19 spot. Rich Strike, which is replacing uh, Ethereal Road or Ethereal Road, who had to be a scratch. Rich Strike at 30 to 1. There you go. That is your Kentucky Derby lineup and the positioning. And uh, 20 horses in the Derby. 20 horses in the Derby. So you have summer is tomorrow. Yeah, I guess. I'll probably put a small responsible wager on it and then not watch and hope my balance goes up. Okay. I don't do a lot. I don't get into this a lot. I did start looking at it a little bit, though. And I'm really torn between um, between Messier, which I know it's a Bob Baffert horse, and it pains me to say that. Uh, there's summer is tomorrow, which I really like, but I'm going to go and I, this, I'm going to lose. I know this, but out of the second spot, I'm going to go with happy Jack. I'm going to go with happy Jack. So there you go. Uh, the Calumet homebred finished third in two of the Santa Anita prep races, but was never a factor. They don't believe he's going to be at the Derby either, but happy Jack, I'm just going to go with happy Jack just because. And you know why? Because when I was a, I shouldn't say kid, when I was back in high school and early college, um, that was always the saying. Don't get all happy jack on me. With Mitch being, you know, people get goofy. That was it. Don't get happy jack. That's probably where that came from, as a matter of fact. So happy jack is my choice for the Kentucky Derby. That's the direction I'm going to go. Although I'm going to figure Messier is probably going to win it. Uh, or you look at a horse like Crown Pride coming from 7th, Something in that area. Um, Tis the bomb. It's probably going to end up being that. Tis the bomb with uh, Kenny McPeak training it. That should be my horse. But there you go. So that's our horses. And that's what the Kentucky Derby offers coming up tomorrow. So we've done our Derby talk. I feel better about that. We got F1 talk today, Derby talk today, college NIL portal talk today. We had all that. Brewers talk today. Some Packers talk today. We talked a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks today. Some admirals talk today as they get ready to take on the Manitoba Moose. We have covered the game. Is there anything that we have not covered that we need to talk about? Well, I heard you. I, I heard when I stepped out yesterday to go interview Greg Gard for our show that uh, there was some uh, apparel talk and fashion. We did talk a little bit about the apparel and the fashion. That I'm tr- That is true. That is true. Speaking of the apparel and the fashion, did you see uh, Jerry Jones walking around outside his car after he banged his knee in the car wreck? Did you see the car wreck, by the way? No. Oh, my goodness. I I have to retweet this if I can. Um, uh, TMZ, TMZ Sports has the video. 
the car clearly cuts Jerry off. Now, Jerry had some time to react, I guess, but he never hit the brakes. Never hit the brakes. But the car did. It was. It, it's like it's maybe a three-lane road one way, and the guy's trying to make a left-hand turn and, and does it from, like, maybe the far right lane, crossing tra- crossing the oncoming traffic. And this guy's, like, completely perpendicular to the rest of the traffic. And Jerry, I mean, hits this guy so hard the rear end of Jerry's car went into the air. That's how hard he hit him. So I, I don't know what the speed limit is there. I don't know if Jerry's going to be cited for not hitting the brakes, not paying attention. If this guy's going to be cited for crossing traffic, I have no idea. But, man, when I saw that wreck, I'm like, holy crap, no wonder. Uh, at, what, 80 years old age or however old Jerry is now, uh, no wonder Jerry walked away with a banged-up knee. Holy mackerel. How in the world is there a video of it? I'm watching it now. Because uh, somebody sitting at the stoplight has a dash cam. A lot of people are putting dash cams in their cars now. I mean, I know Uber drivers and all that kind of stuff are, but a lot of people are doing it just for insurance purposes. That was significant. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? There it is, the video for all to see. Yeah, you find uh, TMZ Sports, and they have it. And that look at the rear end of his car. It goes into the air. I mean, granted, it's only going up a foot or two, but that's how hard he hit this guy. Who would you say is at fault? Oh, Jerry Jones. When the guy, I see, mean, when the guy he's starts zooming. to make his turn, Jerry's not even in the picture. Yeah, the and then turn Jerry is comes slow. flying into the guy. Right. The turn is slow, and I, I mean, I've seen many of the same turns, you know, that in my life. But he is just gunning through it. Right. Yep, Jerry's Jerry's hoofing it pretty good, but because the guy crossed traffic, I wonder who's going to be who's going to be cited in this. But yeah, it's it's out there for all to see. So, and then there's one other story. One other story I found absolutely positively ridiculous. I'll tell you what it is when we come back and wrap things up. Stay tuned. We got one more segment before we bid you adieu for the Friday. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in Our buddy Joey Albanese and uh, the gang at Albanese's Roadhouse right there on uh, Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha. Still looking for some people to play some bocce ball, but if you're looking to go do some bocce ball tossing tonight or anytime during the summer, maybe head over there, check it out, and uh, get some good Italian food along the way. If you're going to stay out in the Waukesha area for whatever reason, you're going to hang out and enjoy that. they got the big sports uh, area, the Dominic Sports Bar, and then they've got TVs all over the place. So if you want to go watch a game, catch it and eat some food, share some vino with some friends, maybe throw some bocce ball around the outside, that's the way to go. Check out Albanese's Roadhouse. And, by the way, they are hiring. They need uh, they need servers and they need cooks uh, like many do. And if you are uh, looking for a job or you know somebody who is, there you go. There you go. That's our friend Joey Albanese and the gang at Albanese's Roadhouse. So, um, one of the things that I find incredibly interesting is the saga that is the L.A. Lakers. And I find it interesting because I love watching them go down in flames. I really do. I think a lot of us do. Okay. Uh, it was a difficult season for the Lakers. We know that. And they had Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. And everybody just felt that this whole team was just going to take off, that they were just going to be the veterans that were going to rule the roost and they were going to win the West. Flash forward to today. 
and James is tweeting about postseason games, and he's not playing in them, and he's talking about good plays, bad plays, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Turns out, turns out, uh, the most frustrating member of the uh, the squad was Russell Westbrook. He never gelled with his teammates. That's the major reason they say they fired Frank Vogel. Because Frank Vogel was, and, and I quote, was not able to get Westbrook to work hard enough. There was a, from uh, Sam Amick of The Athletic, says there was a strong sense that it was uh, on Vogel to make the Westbrook experiment work. And the fact that it didn't led to questions about whether or not Westbrook had put in the position, put been put in a position to succeed. And it's Vogel's fault that Westbrook didn't work hard enough at conforming with his teammates. That is the biggest craptastic cop-out. I get it. Look, Phil Jackson had to deal with the egos. He had to deal with with Scottie Pippen. He had to deal with Michael Jordan. He had to deal with Dennis Rodman. He had to deal deal with all those guys, okay? All the major players and all the sub-players. I get it. Understand it. But when you bring a guy in and pay him a ton of money to do it and you can't get him to work hard enough because he's been a pouty bitch everywhere he's gone, no, come on, man. What made you think Frank Vogel was going to make Russell Westbrook work hard and conform and be the good teammate? Doesn't that suck, Ben? Did anybody ever think Russell Westbrook was ever going to be a good teammate with anybody? Uh Short answer, no. Right? And it's hilarious they brought him in with Carmelo and LeBron and expected right. them to win. That was never going to work. Yeah, that was never going to work. That was, I just, I found it funny. I started reading that story and it was Vogel's fault that Westbrook didn't work hard enough. When I read stuff like that, I I get to be just especially for the million-dollar athletes that are being paid a lot of money to play and play as hard as they can and to do everything they can to be a part of a team, I, I just I find that completely laughable, and that is the high school version of, well, my teacher didn't teach me enough, rather than you taking a book home and studying or going to the teacher saying, I need some help, or going to a counselor saying, I need some help, or whatever. I, just, I, I always find that, that completely baffling, baffling. How about this one, Bill? Kendrick Perkins the other day said Russell Westbrook is teammate from the Thunder. Uh, Perkins, obviously, with ESPN now does not talk to him because Perkins on ESPN suggested the Lakers trade Westbrook instead of LeBron and AD. Right. That's that's Russell Westbrook in a nutshell. Russell Westbrook in a nutshell. Absolutely positively petulant. When I read that that Frank Vogel lost his job, at least that's what they said, because he could not get Russell Westbrook to play hard enough, to work hard enough. I I was like, okay, now now I've heard it. I've heard it all. It's one thing, you know, to be a buddy, to be a you know a, a motivator, or be just a good coach with X's and O's and whatever. But when you can't get a player to work hard enough because he just doesn't want to, because he's always been this way, man, that's just. To me, I am like, wow, <laughs> just, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I shouldn't be, but I am. It's it's Russell Westbrook. This would be the same as if suddenly somebody said, you know, Ben Simmons, he had the back surgery, but Ben is doing nothing 
but, you know, eating ice cream and sitting on his couch and he's blaming his trainer for not taking the weight off, you know, now that Ben Simmons has had the successful back surgery, because that would be Ben Simmons way. I can't play because the trainer didn't do enough for me. Well, you're a fat pig. Yeah, but the trainer should figure out a way to give me a pill so I can I can get back into shape. You know, this that would be Ben Simmons. Joe Girardi blaming his pitchers for blowing leads. Yeah, that's it. I get that too. That's not really it. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. So a big weekend coming up tonight. You've got the Manitoba Moose are in town taking on the Milwaukee Admirals, as they begin their postseason quest for a Calder Cup. So please support the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to milwaukeeadmirals.com. Walk up down to the UW Panther Arena tonight. Get yourself some tickets. Same thing tomorrow night. If you're heading down to the Deer District tomorrow afternoon to catch the Bucks and the Celtics, 2.30 tip time, enjoy yourself. It's going to be a pretty nice day. And then afterwards, go support the Admirals, man. Uh, do something good and enjoy yourself with some good AHL hockey. It's it's a lot of fun. It really, really is. They put on a hell of a show. Then don't forget, you got the Kentucky Derby. You've got F1 running. The Milwaukee Brewers in the ATL. Can the bats stay hot this weekend? Get two out of three over Atlanta. We'll talk about all of this and more coming up on Monday. I encourage you, don't forget, go to FisherHouseWI.org. FisherHouseWI.org. If you're a motorcycle rider, go to the events page and get yourself registered for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. It's going to be a great ride. We're going to have so much fun, and we want to break records this year with the attendance. So please, please, please pass it along to those who ride if you do not. And then also, don't forget uh, everything that is racing in Road America. We did the Happy Hour live stream yesterday. That is also up on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Those are places to go and find that, the video from that as well. That's it. That'll do it. Good stuff. Uh, I'm about 20 minutes away. I'm going to be joining Pharrell on the bench on the sport, uh, sports grid. Somebody doing some more sports talk coming up here shortly. Until we talk again, have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you then. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.